0: Welcome to episode five of Huskers in Demand. It is your host, Christian Demand, checking in here. Uh, episode number five, September 22nd, 2021, coming off of a close game uh, when Nebraska falls to Oklahoma 23-16 to 16 on the road. Uh, it was a very exciting environment down in Norman this past weekend. Uh, my co-host and I, Joe, took in the game uh, for the, uh, the first time since 2019, I believe, that we had been on a road game together, so very exciting for that. Uh what uh, what are you, kind of your initial thoughts on the game, Joe?
1: Oh, it, was, it was great to get on the road again, and, and uh, first time in Norman. Even though go back to the Big Eight and Big Twelve days, I had never been there before, and uh, just couldn't be more more impressed with the fans and the stadium and the
0: whole. Whole trip as uh you know in its entirety it was a good it was a good deal all the way around. Yeah, we really did have a good uh, have a good fan inter- interaction. Really, the only the only negative thing I had was that we may have gone to the dirtiest uh, Buffalo Wild Wings that I've ever been to, uh, that also had a smoking and a not smoking section, which is something I haven't seen since uh, probably 2005 around here. So that was quite interesting to see. Uh, so getting into the game as far as a recap goes, like I mentioned, we did lose twenty three to sixteen. Uh, for a spread that was that got up to, I believe it closed at twenty three and a half. Um, what, can, Joe? What are your initial takeaways um, of a of a seven point loss?
1: Well, I mean, you, d- you never want to lose, so can't have any more victories. So uh, it's it was a tough loss, uh, especially you look at that game just by itself. It's a game we could have and probably should have won, um, taking the circumstances of being a number three team on the road and our old rival and the significance of the game, we had no business even being anywhere close to it with the 22-and-a-half, 23-point spread. So, you know, I think uh, it was kind of a landmark game for me. This this team has got to be – has got to start being judged for what it is instead of people trying to come up with their own narrative and trying to prove it right, whether they want to run the coach out of town or, you know, or, or always want to have a revolving door of somebody else can do it better or nitpicking every little thing. You know, I think on, on, a, on a given Saturday like today, or, or like that day, I walked away extremely satisfied and encouraged by what this team can be and what they can do, and, and we can go toe-to-toe with just about anybody in the country.
0: I think that's a great point. Uh, you know, looking at different things, uh, it's weird. Like, we you know, we talked a, a lot about it after the game on Saturday in the car ride back to the hotel and, and even sitting at the bar watching some other college football games. There were a lot of people that were – Uh, Very judgmental from the Nebraska media about, you know, there were some of the same mistakes that we'll get into here a little bit. Um, But if someone would have told you back in August that we lost Oklahoma by seven on the road, uh, I'm pretty sure every fan and every member of the media would have taken that loss regardless of how it happened. Um, So I just want to hit on some key, uh, quick key takeaways before we get uh, too far down the road here. My biggest takeaway from the game was we're finally starting to see the offense, uh, that we were promised and that we were told uh, by Coach Frost back in 2018 that we were going to see. What I mean by that is uh, one of Frost's uh, famous, now infamous quotes uh, when asked a question about his offensive style, which is more spread out versus the Big Ten's power is he stated that the, that he was hoping the Big Ten was going to have to adjust to us, not the other way around. Uh, through three years, that has not quite been the case for many different reasons, but now we finally start to see some of the creativity, as well as uh, really the downfield passing game this year, which we hadn't seen in the first couple of years. So that was very exciting to see. I think the stat is so far um, in 2021, we've had, uh, I believe it's 12 or 13 plays of 30 or more yards. Um, and last year in uh, in seven or eight games, we only had three of them. So I'm excited to see the explosiveness uh, and see how that continues into conference play. Now we've seen it in non-conference uh, as well as the Illinois game to start the year, I'm excited to see that uh, move through the rest of the conference schedule here.
1: Yeah, and kind of watching the game live and then rewatching it again on TV when I got home. I and mean, there's different things you see when you're live versus on TV. But after watching the, the TV version of it, I mean, there's really no complaints that I have on play calling. It's there were a couple of plays that you could possibly question that, from my standpoint, with a better effort or a little bit more educated effort from the players, could have been converted and. There were some key second and one plays in the first half that we talked about that were, you know, we, we talk about being aggressive. But it's also one of those things where you have to get that that yard and, and start with a fresh set of downs. I know it's only second and one. But as we saw, that second and one turned into a third and three on one of them. And I think it was third and five or six on the other. So we had blown plays because it could have been a little better design or is a mistake by the player. but it's little things like that, if there's only a couple plays, you know, you're, you're doing okay. I just think it's, for me, it's more time to look at this this team in a positive direction.
0: And with that, what is your, what, what's kind of your biggest takeaway from what you saw on Saturday?
1: For me, I think it's the athletes. I mean, we went down to the field as they're warming up and, you know, we see the Oklahoma guys run down 10 feet from us and they got some boys for sure that looked like they're ready to play and locked in two hours before the game starts. And, the body types and kind of the quick twitch and doing some of the running drills and warming up, you just see it. And then you see our guys walk out. Quite honestly, you see the same thing. You don't see as many, but you see the same thing. So, for me, I'm not convinced there's any one athlete on the other side that you know is markedly better. Um, they got three or four guys that are difference makers and can be playing on Sunday, possibly drafted you know in the high first, second, third rounds. But overall, as a team, we've got the talent to. We definitely had the talent to play on Saturday and beat those guys. And, you know, offensive and defensive line, there was no comparison. We were much, much bigger. And, you know, we watched the offensive line warm up. We'll get to that later. But they were quick. And they, I mean, there's some serious athletes on that side of the ball.
0: Um, You know, this was the first – this was one of the first times that I I can honestly say we've played a good to great team and, and evenly lined up with them basically across the board. Uh, you see it in the skill positions, like you mentioned, you see it in the line, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a confidence builder knowing that we still have some tough games against some talented teams like Michigan, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, coming up here later in the schedule, so I'm excited to see what that turns into us. Uh, going straight into the, the the offensive and defensive line, kind of that battle in the trenches, I agree with you that it, uh, it looked like uh, live at the game and then also watching it on TV, things looked very even Uh, The interesting part is, you know, when you look at the stats at the end of the day, uh, Oklahoma had three less rushes than we did. uh, They actually had more than double the yards that we did. So they averaged about five and a half yards per rush and we averaged two and a half yards per rush. Now, one thing to take into account with that is we were playing a soft zone because they're a big passing team, so they were able to get a little bit more push with some things up front. But do you think there was anything else other than just that soft zone that really contributed to why they were able to run the ball so much more effectively?
1: Yeah, I don't think we tackled particularly well. That was part of it. It was a little sloppy. I mean, guys were in position to make plays, and especially after the hit, after some initial contact, you saw three, four, five, ten yards after that, which is not something you can have. But you know, there's there were four or five plays I noticed on TV after watching it back that, you know, they got some they got some dudes over there. So you know, when somebody shakes a, a player and you know for making a tackle, they're set up to make. You got to tip your cap sometimes. So it, you know, I think half of it was a difference in talent, and the other half was we were sloppy on uh, on our tackling.
0: Yeah, that's something that that I noticed as well from a, from a tackling perspective. Um, so getting into more of the uh, the details of the game here. Um, the similar issues that I talked about from Nebraska's perspective. Uh, we had we did have a few penalties. We actually had four offensive penalties on our first drive uh, that still somehow ended in a field goal after starting with two false starts. Uh, so that was pretty miraculous. So penalties were still kind of an issue. Uh, And then, uh, again, our special teams kind of bit us in the ass with two missed field goals and not only a missed extra point, but a blocked extra point uh, due to a low kick and our right guard getting blown up on the play. Uh, An extra point that was actually returned uh, for a two-point conversion for Oklahoma, something you rarely see in football, Um, but it is frustrating, again, to see our special teams come into such a situation and if you're if you're frost what are your thoughts on our all big 10 kicker who's now one for six in the last two weeks
1: yeah I mean for me I think you got to make a change I mean you're trying to you know trying to get this football team back it's he was hurt in camp or hurt in the summer it doesn't look like he's all the way back it's either in his head or in his foot one of the two aren't aren't working well but for me I mean I think he's got to make a change there's other guys that can kick field goals and extra points and you know we, we deepen the kickers on the punter side kickoffs and everything else and um, you know, two out of those three phases were really, really good. It's just our place-kicking, you know, PATs were horrible. So it's, it's time to sit them down. I mean, the, the PAT was a different guy. I forgot who, who, uh, who came in to kick that. But, you know, 99% of that problem was the line getting blown up. I mean, even a low kick. It's still going to go in, even if you have that half a second block, and it just wasn't there at all.
0: It was, and the interesting point, like you mentioned, you know, if you had if you had asked before the season which of our three phases—kickoff, punting, or field goals—did you feel best about? I'm pretty sure your answer, as well as my answer, would have would have been the field goal kicker, considering he was the best in the Big Ten last year. And it's uh, I it can't get much more Nebraska than he's what's turned to be the worst <laughs> the worst of those three phases of special teams. Uh, which is something that, is, that has bid us for sure. Uh, hopefully they can get that corrected because I have a feeling that a couple of these Big Ten games are going to come down to if we can make those kicks or not. Um, obviously, from the offensive side, you like to see them finish in more drives with touchdowns because that takes out the whole question of a field goal. Um, but we got to have somebody that can kick.
1: Yeah, we can't miss a PAT the rest of the way. Just can't do it. Whether it jinxes it or not, it doesn't matter. We can't miss a PAT. And you know, quite honestly, anything 40, 45 yards in, we can't miss a field goal. Just can't do it. Uh, rain and snow and high winds, it doesn't matter. We got to put the ball between those uprights, and it's got to be, that's got to be automatic points where that offense knows that if they get down there and get a chance to kick it, you know, it, there's a reward on the end of it. It's not a chance of will he make it or can he make it. It's that it's going in, and that's a. I mean, you're not going to win Big Ten games. Not making field goals.
0: Yeah, I'm almost uh, convinced that we should go back to to what Frost and uh, Chip Kelly used to do in Oregon of running fake field goals all the time and basically never kicking. I'm almost almost to the point where we should uh, where we should hit there. Um, yeah, we might have to. Other than uh, other than that, is there anything that you really wanted to highlight from the game? Uh, kind of before we hit, uh, love to see it, hate to see it. anything else in particular.
1: I think uh, it kind of goes into the love to see it, but well, there's many things that were great out of this game. I wish that uh, more fans and, and more, you know, media members were talking about those kind of things that, that were positive. Um, not that we got to shower this team with attention, but, uh, I mean, that was a Herculean effort by a lot of players. Even though we had mistakes, there were a hell of a lot of good things in this game that were different. And the biggest thing that, you know, that I noticed was when we come out in that power running game, we'd never shown that before. And, you know, whether it's double tight, I love the double tight set. That's That's awesome. But just seeing a power running game where we line up the formation where they know exactly where we're going to go and what we're going to do, and we still did it. Those were our best runs.
0: Yeah, we needed to see some more of that. We even saw a little uh, little offshoot of that, looking at some different situations as far as play action and things like that off of that double tight set, bringing in a freshman left tackle that's a big guy, as well as having both of our top tight ends um, healthy really helped that double tight set, and I hope that they can see that. Uh, going forward with, uh, going forward with the play calls to stay in that double tight set. Uh, so kind of leading into that, what do you, uh, you want to kick it off with? your love to see it, Joe.
1: Yeah, I'll say my love to see it was was uh, seeing Martinez play almost a perfect game against a big opponent on a big stage. I mean that was that was a big worry going in. Is would would the moment get to him? You'd hope it wouldn't. Being a fourth year starter, but it didn't. I mean, if it wasn't for that guy, I don't know where we'd have been in that game. He played phenomenal. Uh, made great decisions, threw the ball well. It was aggressive. I mean, it was it was really quite something to see.
0: Yeah, he was uh, he was kind of mine as well, but more specifically from the uh, from the passing efficiency side of things, uh, his stats from Saturday uh, th- through the air. Um, he actually, you know, he out threw Spencer Rattler, who's probably going who is a Heisman favorite and probably going to be a very high pick in next year's NFL draft. So it was nice to see him really outplay someone. Uh, that the nation views to have elite talent. Uh, on top of that, I believe he was 19 of 25, uh, so only six incompletions. One of those, or really five incompletions, one of those being an interception. Uh, but, you know, you and I said it when it happened. The interception was a great play by the kid. The smart decision by Martinez and really, the, you know, the first interception, only second turnover he's had in four games. So I really look for him to continue that on top of that. Uh, also, like I mentioned, he completed you know his he averaged uh, eleven and a half yards per completion. Really like to see that number. I'm interested to see if that number stays consistent throughout conference play. I personally hope that it does because I think that will help stretch out teams to make our run game more effective. But it's going to have to be a good balance uh, as we head into conference play. So. Uh, obviously, we mentioned a lot of a lot of good things that happened. There were some bad things that happened that we also talked about. I guess what was your what was your biggest frustration that you that you hated to see on Saturday?
1: I think I'm just frustrated by uh, you know not seeing better execution all the way around. I mean, the offensive line is a big problem, huge problem, especially the guards. But you know, uh, even watching it back on TV, you start to notice more and more where you know running backs or even Martinez are not choosing the right run lane. So there there are bigger gaps out there and bigger opportunities for. Plays that we're not taking advantage of that others other teams do. So I don't I don't know what that answer is, but I guess the hate to see it for me was just a pretty horrible offensive line play all the way around.
0: Yeah, I've got kind of something similar, uh, you know, for my hate to see of the week that I, that I don't really know what exactly the solution is, but mine's really just kind of the the organizational um, efficiency. Uh, specifically, talking about you know, obviously there were there were some penalties and things like that 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 you could take as the as the team was almost unprepared. Which is an interesting way to look at it. Um, on top of that, you know, there was a in the second half, we had to, you know uh, Oklahoma scored a touchdown. They kicked the ball off to us for a touchback. We come out and, and on the very first play have to call timeout because we were going to get a delay game. You know, Frost had the team huddled up. They got out there a little late. Didn't like the look that they liked, but didn't have enough time to change it. Uh, so things like that that I just uh, really would like to see them change, but also just the timeliness of. The play, especially at the end of the game, you know, being in a close game, um, Oklahoma got the ball back with about six minutes to go in the game. And our defense really needed to stop them. We ended up getting a stop, but they were able to chew up five minutes off the clock and we had to burn the remaining of our two timeouts. So you really would have liked to see them just be able to hole up better than that. And then, you know, the offense got the ball with one minute left on the 15 and just had an abysmal couple plays that did not work out very well. So you could tell that the team had not been in that situation before, so I'll give them that part of it. Um, but now that they have been, I, I expect to see things much, much better from that perspective moving forward into conference play.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a big opportunity. They, they, I think they proved – a lot of players proved themselves individually that they could play against a big opponent on a big stage. Um, and I think uh, the team as a whole, coaches, everybody, this is a big moment. We didn't win the game, but – this was huge for them to kind of see some positivity come out and then play well overall. And you know, like I said, really had a chance to win that game. Probably should have.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice to be able to look back and say we probably should have beat a team that's that's ranked in the top five. Um, that's a lot easy, That's a lot better than saying we should have beat a team like Illinois that's now one in three and has lost three straight since we uh, since they beat us. Um. So moving forward to this week, so we have our first uh, first night game of the season. We play at Michigan State. So this is our this, the second half of the only back to back road games that we have this year. Uh, this is kind of an interesting game, be- mostly because the way that Michigan State is playing. Um, you know, I think a lot of people coming in to the season, including myself, would have assumed that Michigan State was was still kind of in a down portion of their year. That you know they have a second year head coach. They're still working on some things. Um, not that any game is easy, but we probably would have ranked this up there with the Purdue's and some of those other teams there, um, maybe in the bottom half of the Big Ten, not to be too specific. Uh, but that couldn't uh, couldn't be farther from the truth at this point. Michigan State's 3-0. Uh, they just went down to Miami uh, and beat Miami pretty handily with some, uh, with some turnover assistance there. But nonetheless, they're ranked 20th in the nation. Uh, like I said, they still haven't lost playing at home at night. Um, their head coach is Mel Tucker, who coached for Colorado a few years ago when they beat us twice uh, in back-to-back years. So that's going to be an interesting matchup with him and Frost, and really uh, some interesting topics kind of going uh, going into the game. I guess what is your what are you most looking forward to, um, or I guess maybe even expecting us to play like what's that style you're looking for us to come out in
1: I mean I you know they talk about it possibly being a little different weather wise I don't think it's uh, I didn't look at the forecast but I mean it'd be a night game so it'd be cooler and stuff like that I worry about the guys sitting around all day in the hotel so this is the first road test in that regard it's tough sitting in the hotel all day but I think I'm looking for us to come out with a fast start uh not necessarily put up a ton of points but I mean take command of the game offense and defense and, uh, and kind of show what we have. It's like this is a very one-dimensional team, and we've played this team many, many times when they've been ranked higher and been regarded as a better team, and, and we've beaten them, whether it's an ugly you know, 9-6, I think it was a few years ago, or whatever the case may be. But we've gone up there when they've been better and they've been ranked, and we've taken it to them. So I just – it's a beatable you know, team. <clears throat> it's an opponent. This is, it's a game we really should have. I just want to see them, us ride the positive mo- momentum from – last week into this week, and I'll be I'll be disappointed if I see anything less.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing that I'm looking for them to continue is, is the passing side of things. And, you know, again, you know, as we discussed on Saturday, not that I expect us to come out like Texas Tech back in the day and throw the ball 80 times and try to score 100 points. Like, I'm not talking about that part of it. The biggest thing that I'm looking forward is for us to take a stronghold in the passing game to command the game. Uh, what that means, you know, again, we, we have all of our weapons at receivers, Xavier Betts, Omar Manning, uh, Oliver Martin should return, as well as the tight ends, Vokalek and Allen, uh, and then you have a slot guy like Samari Touré. Uh, having all those guys that have confidence in Adrian, they have confidence in the team, confidence in the scheme, I expect us to throw the ball early, especially. Um, you know, I think Michigan State kind of plays uh, pretty similar defense to what we do. They can, you know, they kind of load up the box, um, and almost dare you to pass and dare you to beat them with that pass. So I expect us to start out that way. Um, and then I hope the, the passing game early can kind of help the run game get established. Uh, plus, I'd like to see Martinez get loose a little more. He didn't have many rushing yards on Saturday. Uh, i like to see him be able to showcase his athletic ability that way as well. Um, what do you think the defense is going to look like? So obviously the last three weeks we've played pretty pass-heavy teams. So we've gone to two down linemen uh, without, with, with five linebackers. Um, what do you think that? How do you think the team is going to adjust going back to three down linemen? At least I would imagine that's what they'll be in.
1: Yeah, I think we'll go back to the base three four. You always that was set up that way with three tackles in. We saw that a couple times in the game against Oklahoma. But like I said, most of their runs were just kind of tip your cap. It's just a little bit better dudes than on their side and the other. And this this running back for Michigan State's a good, really, really good player. It's really their entire offense. They can't throw the ball for anything, but um, you know. It's going to be hard for me to be convinced that this kid from Michigan State is better than those two running backs we saw at Oklahoma. So, I mean, from being a, being elusive and things like that, I mean, they got a good offensive line. They always do. But I expect to see a bloodbath up front. And, you know, we, we should be flipping on them what teams do to us and dare them to throw the ball because they can't. So I'd like to see that three front. I'd like to see Nelson and Tanner aggressive on the outside and really turn it into a, more of a 5-2 with Reimer and, and uh, Henrich Back there, kind of roving around, and making plays. So, I mean, if we if we do something like that and keep them inside the tackles, you know, I mean, I really do expect to take command of this game. And, I, and one thing of note, I for some reason, my gut tells me that I think they're going to come out overconfident, that they think they can just beat us and not even barely show up. Um, I think that they're going to try to run the score up if they can. I think their attitude going into this is probably wrong, and, and it's not that's not from the coach or anything else. I just think they're riding a high. You know, they went down to Miami and beat the hell out of a terrible Miami team. So I think, you know, even though they were ranked, they're, they're horrible. And so I think they're going to be overconfident, and maybe that's a chance for us to, to get a little advantage.
0: No, I agree with you. I think that's something that that's it's it funny because we were talking about that game while it was happening, and I, I you know, you had wanted uh, Miami to win. I, I had kind of wanted Michigan State to win because I, I have that same assumption that I think they'll be coming off a high. It is a big road win. You know, you know I agree with you. Obviously, Miami's not that great, but still to go on the road, especially you know, Michigan to Miami's not easy travel by any means. To go down there and take care of business, I would imagine they're not. You know, they're maybe a step slower in practice and things like that. Plus, we don't play them very often, so there isn't much hatred between us and them, anything of a rivalry or anything like that. So I'm, um, I would anticipate them to come out a step slow. Um, and this is a big turning point for us. You know, we've we've Nebraska has really played three good games in a row. Obviously, you know, they haven't been perfect or clean by any means, but coming off of two wins against Fordham and Buffalo, we played very well and could have beaten a top five team on the road. Um, this is a very pivotal moment if we come out and play well and take care of business like I expect us to, uh, we'd be three and two at the end of the day, leading us into a, uh, favorable next month, you know, playing teams like Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue, um, with Michigan tossed in there before we get to the gauntlet at the end of the season, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa, um, this is this is the new turning point. You know, we talked about it in the first podcast that obviously the Illinois game was very, very important. That that one didn't go our way. I think this is the only other turning point we're going to see in the season. And if it doesn't go our way, things are going to go downhill very quickly. But if you go on the road, you beat a good team, you come home, you have an easier game next week with Northwestern at home, then you welcome Michigan to the big house. And by that point, you could be 4-2 rolling with really five straight games played well by the time Michigan comes in, and who knows? Obviously we'll see what happens um uh, down that road. But I can't stress how important this game is to ride the wave. Like you said it, you know um things even in even in defeat, uh Nebraska took a step on Saturday. They took a step to show that they have talent. They took a step that they show that they have playmakers, but the biggest thing that the fans are most critical of is the continuation of that. You know, last year we had a big emotional win against Penn State at home. The next week we came out and got drummed against Illinois. So it's that up and down. We got to find a way to ride the wave, follow the leaders, play well on defense, shut them, shut that running game down, um, and come back home with a win.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a must win. We're typically – Scott Frost teams are typically pretty good on the road when he's been – here he's been really good on the road, and just looking at the schedule, I mean, obviously we are zero two on the road so far. With this being our third game, there's only two more: Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin on the road. So it's like this is your chance, and we got to we got to even it back up and take take our share on the road. And like you said, I mean, five of the next seven games are at home. So you, you know, you win this game and tip the scales in the record, you got a chance to to get to six wins and get to that bowl eligible you know standpoint. At least try to get to five hundred and stay there, but. This is uh, this is a game. Since we dropped Illinois, like you said, I mean, this is a game we got to go win. So it's, you know, they they still should be playing just like they did when they went to OU. There's nothing to lose. Like the, I, I really think Michigan State's gonna be overconfident, and you know, we gotta we gotta stay focused and come out, you know, and hit these guys. It's gonna be a bloodbath. So we're really only missing, you know, Gabe Irvin since he's out for the season. We get Martin back, so that should be. You know, even if if not a plus on the offensive side, because you got more backs that can take up the slack, and if Martin can even play a little bit, that helps. But it's this is this has got to be a win. I, I look for this team to come out from the first first series and and take command. And, um, you know, it doesn't always translate into points, but, I mean, I think we need to feel a momentum on our side early on.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do what I can to not put uh, as much pressure on the team as I did in the Illinois game because I thought that game was really important. And like I just mentioned, I think this game has now taken the place of that game Uh and I think the bigger reason why I, I agree with that this is a turning point is you look back at some of the post game interviews. A lot of the players talked about the Illinois game not defining their season and and kind of growing from there, which they have. They came out ever since then. They've played much better football than we saw on that first day. Uh, that real answer will be told on on Saturday. If we, you know, even if we come out and play well, if this game is not a victory, um, reaching the reaching a bowl game and other things like that become very very difficult. Whereas if we're talking next week, uh, after a victory, uh, being three and two with seven games left, you know by that point you don't even have to go five hundred and you're still making a bowl. Um, things look more favorable for uh, for the Cornhuskers.
1: Yeah, this is where we get one back uh, from the Illinois loss. So we talked about Michigan State being a winnable game uh, a couple weeks ago. No one thought that they would sur- surge up like this. Um, they played well, but it's been because of that running attack. So we're gonna have to. We're going to have to dare them to pass and uh, and, and go back to our base 3-4 and creep up the outside linebackers to a five and try to try to suppress that run game a little bit. And even if we hold you know them under 200 yards rushing, that's going to be a win because that's all they've got. And, um, you know, still looking for guys to make plays, get a few sacks. There won't be as many opportunities because they don't really throw. But who knows if we can get up seven points, ten points. I mean, put them on the run like teams put us on the run. I think it's the same strategy that teams use against us. You know, they're going to make Martinez beat us with his arm and take away the run game. That's what we've got to do for these guys and make this kid throw and, and uh, spray it around a little bit. Maybe we can get a turnover, get a sack, or get something positive on that side for, for defense to take hold. But, you know, for me, the defense is playing outstanding. We've got young guys coming in, Newsome, Farmer, guys like that are making Great plays all the way around. This gives them a chance to kind of spread their wings a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I was actually just getting ready to mention that. You know, the you know the defense has played very well throughout the year. About it, about as well as I had expected them to. Um, would have would have liked to see a few more turnovers and things like that. But like you said, the biggest thing is quarterback pressure. We're we we caused problems for Rattler on Saturday and we caused problems for the for the Buffalo quarterback. But the you know the fact is, uh, yeah, this guy doesn't lie and the stats don't lie either. We've had six sacks on the year. Uh, but we haven't had a sack since the Fordham game, which was Labor Day. We're now we're now coming up on the final game we're gonna play in September. Um, you know, that's that's it's one thing to get there, and they've definitely been making quarterbacks life hell. But at the same time, making his life hell and hitting him in the mouth are uh, are two different things. So we gotta see, even if it's one or two, gotta see somebody taking shots at that quarterback. While he's got the ball, because that's when, they, you know, that's when fumbles, turnovers, picks, that's that's when that stuff happens, when that guy's getting hit with the ball in his hand. So we got to find a way to get there. And if
1: we are going to run, I don't mind going to that power set every single time. And we can we can throw out of the double tights and we can run out of it, too. We don't need, you know, Teddy to put on 46 every time. But it would be nice to see a little bit more of that uh, that power run game, uh, throw an extra tackle in there, whatever the case may be, and, and dare him to stop us. I, I don't mind seeing that at all, because you start doing that, you're setting up other plays that we can throw out of that formation too. I mean, it it wouldn't be beyond us to leak a tight end out of that big jumbo, you know, formation. I I just have a feeling there's more there's more plays in the playbook in that particular uh, you know aspect of
0: the game. Yeah, we saw it from Frost on on Saturday. We really you know saw, you know we saw an option pass. We saw a bunch of play action. We saw that jumbo formation. That's Like I mentioned at the top, that's what we were promised in 2018 is that new invigorating offense, especially the Big Ten West that sees a lot of the same stuff from Illinois, Northwestern, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. They all run kind of the same shit. So, you know, that's what we were promised back in 2018. I'm excited to see that still come to fruition because – but to your point – uh you know the same thing you taught me playing football growing up if it doesn't matter if you're especially on the offensive line if you if you should be able to point to the person in front of you tell them where you're going and still be able to get there without them even if they're in their way to move them out of it
1: yeah hopefully the offensive line can come together a little bit but there's there's a problem at guard they got they got a lot of work to solve that problem it's just i, I don't know i don't know what the
0: answer is but yeah I – I do expect a good game on Saturday. So, I mean, let's ride the wave a little bit. Yeah, my fa- <laughs> my favorite thing with the offensive line is there there are a lot of good plays and then there you know, obviously there are some bad ones, but the funny thing is we can't get we can't get everybody to have a good play at the same time. You know, like there is there you know sometimes our tackles get burned off the end, but ends but the middle holds up well. And there are other plays where our tackles lock up the edge, but a guard gets blown up, so somebody, you know, runs through the at Martinez. It's just kind of funny how we can't get them to work as a cohesive group. I mean, even you know, we we break out a we break out a screen pass, get a big play, you know, we still end up with a penalty at the end of that game for our, our center being a little over-aggressive, which I don't mind the aggressiveness, but it's just you know, just another bucket in that hat of 15 yards that we had that then go away because of a penalty. So I'm <laughs> not only do I expect him to play better. Um, I would even just take it if they if they're going to have bad plays, I would just like them to all have bad plays on the same one, and then we can move forward uh, on the plays that Martinez has. Well, because yeah, you know, if he if we didn't have Martinez, I think that I think we'd be talking about the offensive line even more than people already are. Because there's probably th- three or four times at least off the top of my head I can think of that if it was you or I standing back there playing quarterback, not <laughs> not quick enough to get uh, to get out of the pocket. So. Uh, it works well as a team you know he makes he's making making good decisions right now he hasn't always especially on the move but he's making those decisions right now and I look for him to continue to make those uh, because we're going to need him if he you know it's it it all comes back to him you know he's been playing well but if that if that changes we're in trouble so I expect the same from him if not better uh, and I expect a good outcome
1: yeah his confidence should be high I mean it should be really high but I think this is going to be a a 20 to 17 type of game somewhere in that range. I don't think it's going to be high scoring at all. It depends on the weather. Who knows? But even if it's a little nasty, we can still throw it around. But they're playing on grass. They all talked about how they like playing on grass. I mean, you know, I think this is their last opportunity to do it. Yeah, looking at it, there isn't another opportunity. They're playing on grass the rest of the year. So, you know, not that that's a big deal. But if the weather is a little iffy, you know, there's still things we can do. And then he's going to be the key to it. If he can continue to play even close to the high level, he's playing out of his mind right now. But You know, that's something he could do for the next eight games. You just never know. It's just uh, he's going to have to have another good, good
0: day or night for us to win. Yeah, I'm going to go a little more drastic. I think, you know, the the spread right now is Michigan State minus three. Just because they're at home, basically call it even. I think that it's going to be – I'm going to expect – I guess I shouldn't say expect. I'm going to guess that it's going to be kind of a coming out party. I would expect something almost like a 31 to 14 or 31 to 17. i I just see us – I see us putting the ball in the end zone a couple more times than we did against Oklahoma, mostly just because uh, Michigan State doesn't have the athletes that Oklahoma does. So if we come out and play that same game, plus you know, I expect to see more of the power game that I don't think they're going to have an answer for. Um, and then I'm going to assume that we maybe get one field goal, whether <laughs> whether we have to try four or five times. I think we're going to make at least one. I don't, I don't know who's going to kick it, but I think uh, so, <laughs> so it's going to happen somewhere. Um, but I think it's going to be – a pretty, you know, it's not going to be a cupcake by any means, but I think Nebraska is going to walk away uh, in the second half, just running the ball and running the clock out because we're we're holding the lead and grinding them down.
1: Yeah, we covered three straight spreads, so I mean, this is this team's getting harder and harder to predict what they're going to do. So it's like I said, I think we're going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a little a little tight here and there. And and I think even a 2017 or 2014 game, I think we're going to have control over. Whatever that means, but I think it's going to feel like a bigger win, not not because of mistakes, just because it's, you know, we're really getting into the to the plotting Big Ten season now, and this is a perfect team that does it. Night game, like to run the ball under the lights. Everyone's going to be going nuts. That's a it's a tough place to play, but um, no, I look for a win.
0: Yes, I uh, I look for a win. I expect us to come out and win, and I expect us to be uh, over five hundred for the first time in what's what feels like. Uh, forever, so I'm definitely uh, excited for us to be, uh, you know, to get back to 500 in the conference and um, look forward to building that on the rest of the seven games. Any uh, any final thoughts here, Joe? No, I
1: don't think so. I think this is a pretty easy one to break down. There's not a lot of stats to go over. This is going to be a, the first of many Big Ten fist fights that we're going to be in, and uh, you know, if we're not ready to play, we're going to get smashed, so it's like I just, I really don't expect to see anything other than a continuation of what we saw in Norman on Saturday. And uh, if that's the case, it's going to be a good night.
0: Yep, I uh, wrapping things up here. Definitely uh, excited to watch it. Uh, it'll be the first time we haven't gone to the game since the Illinois game, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if that has any weight to it. Otherwise, we may have to buy some buy some tickets to Minneapolis and Wisconsin. <laughs> but uh, other than that, look forward to uh, seeing you guys next week. Go Big Red! Yeah,
1: go Big Red!